We are in a part six of every day being intentional, how you live your life every day for Jesus. If you want sermon notes, just send an email at info at bridgechurch.cc. If you are on social media, uh, just uh, hashtag every day. So we've been doing this for six weeks now. We got one more week next week, week seven. We've talked about the importance of embracing our responsibility to serve daily as God's ambassadors on this earth. We've also talked about the importance of addressing a daily, daily your health of your attitude. And we spent two weeks on that because attitude is so important. Uh, Last week, we talked about the priority of establishing and living by your core values every day. And uh, I urge you to go online and listen to any of the messages that you've missed. And this message today, we're going to talk about valuing your physical health. As a Christian, we should have a plan to work toward better physical health. And in 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul teaches that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, uh, I'm sure maybe wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you say, look at this temple. Actually, it means that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the context here is that you are not to give your body to a prostitute to elicit sexual behavior. That is any kind of sexual activity outside of a marriage as defined in scripture. The message is that our bodies are like a temple and should be kept holy and treated with reverence. So that's a question we have to be asking ourselves on a regular basis. Are we keeping this body holy? Are we treating it with reverence? Because God is the one that gave you your body. The question I get a lot of times in ministry these last 15 years is whether whether people realize it or not. They are asking is how far can I go without actually sinning? Like what's the the line? And um, to be fair, I used to ask this question on a regular basis before I was completely sold out to my faith of how far is too far. You know, like, like where is the guardrail and how close can I get to the guardrail? But the real question, however, should be is how close can I get to Jesus? How close can I get to Jesus? And when you're asking that question, your heart's in the right place. And in earlier in this chapter, there's, there's another text in verses 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 6 that comes closer to what we're talking about in this message. Paul deals with food and the body. And we're going to look at the message here. 
It says, just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I'd be a slave to my whims. You know the old saying, first you eat to live and then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Since the body honors, since the master honors you with a body, honor him with your body. So are we honoring the master with the body that he's given us? Paul is saying we are not to be enslaved by sex or food or anything else of this world because Christ is our master. And I I love uh, Romans 6, how it talks about being dead to sin and alive in Christ. And, you know, sin is no longer your master. Before you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have then sin was your master. And so, so our identity was that we were a sinner. And so what do sinners do? They sin. Okay? But when you came to Christ, you were dead to sin, and you were alive in Christ. And so as a, as a believer now, we are, our identity is a, a child of God who occasionally sins. And, and uh, not that we should sin or it's okay to sin, but that's not who our identity is anymore. You, you guys see the difference? It's all about identity. It's all about identity. If you turn down Berkeley and then you make a right on Ash, there is a red light that comes on every few hours during the day and the nights, and it says, hot now. We call that food porn. There are times I'm not even hungry, and eating a donut is the furthest thing from my mind. Like, why do you need a donut at 10 o'clock at night? But when I drive by and I see that red sign is on, I am compelled to stop. Compelled to stop. Galatians 5, and 23 says, The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Sexual self-control is the context here, but it's the same thing as lust for food and gratification of the flesh. And I don't care how long you've been a believer for and how much you love Jesus, you're still in this body, and you still desire things that you know are not good for you. The word self-control is not the best translation because it's really the work of the Holy Spirit and not self at all. Because we know when we rely on self where that gets us most of the time. 
25 years ago, pornography wasn't easily accessible, especially for teenagers. And I remember the first time that I looked at a pornographic magazine, it was in my, my friend's garage, and it was his older brother. And I believe I was like 12 at the time. But now it's on the magazine racks, and you can view it on your phone. Teenagers can view it on their phones and not only see pictures, but in about five seconds can download a video and watch it on their phone or their tablet. So parents, you better be checking what they're looking at. Paul is teaching us to fight against anything that makes us unhealthy. If overeating makes us unhealthy, fight it by the Spirit. If laziness and lack of exercise makes us unhealthy, fight it with the power of the Holy Spirit. This means we are to believe the promises of God and pray for the supernatural help of the Holy Spirit. And then exercise some willpower and deny ourselves. That's part of what the Christian life is. It is is constantly denying yourself and, and clinging to Christ. We have to constantly lean on Christ and not ourselves. And I'm constantly learning to do this. Christianity is self-denial for a higher joy. Christianity is self-denial for a higher joy. Some things are difficult. Hardly anything worth doing is easy until we get to heaven. Then it will all be easy, and it will all be worth it. All the things that you said no to that were not good for you in this life will all be worth it. But it's learning to say no throughout this life so I can say yes to Jesus. God cares about our bodies. He he gave them to us. He would like them to be healthy and last a long time until he takes us to heaven. For those of you that, that know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know, people say to me all the time, it must be nice, Jeremy, to eat whatever you want and not gain weight. Jeremy, how much do you weigh? Oh, I'm probably about a buck thirty-eight. And many people say, that's what I was in junior high. Let me tell you that there is obesity in my family. When I was 25 years old, I weighed 25 pounds more than what I did and wasn't taking care of myself. I gained 25 pounds in a little over a year. And let me show you a little picture of myself and my wife. That's the night I actually baptized her, and right before we started dating, uh, I'm a little beefy in that picture, if you can't tell. 
and uh, don't have much of a neck because it all just kind of goes into one thing. But that's what I looked like 20, uh, not 25 years ago because I would have been like 13. But that's what I looked like when I was 25. 25 pounds in one year. Do you think I was headed on a path of not looking the way I do right now? Let me share just a few things that what I do. Okay, you can take that down now. Uh, let me share just a few things of what I do. Can you, can you believe this girl started dating me when I look like that, man? She's, she must have saw something. Um, but here's some things that I do. <clears throat> I eat a lot healthier now than what I did uh, 13, 14 years ago. I still have my moments, and I had some delicious burgers this week. You know those Little Debbie Christmas cakes? A little taste of heaven right there, buddy, with a glass of milk. Glory. Glory. Uh, I watch my portions, and when Sabrina and I go out to eat, we often split a meal. Uh, it, it also helps that we also like a lot of the same things. Uh, I probably drink an equivalent of about three sodas a month. And for all of you fellow Yankees, uh, we call that pop, three pops a month. There's only like a few people shaking my head. They're shaking their head. Uh, I like sweet tea, but you need a sneaking toothbrush down here to drink sweet tea. So I always do half and half. Uh, that helps. Uh, my wife and I, we, we, whenever we go to Starbucks, we split a Starbucks uh, oftentimes. And part of me is a little cheap because I can't, like, just, I can't in good conscience just spend, like, $5 for a latte just for myself. Occasionally I do. Occasionally I splurge. But most of the times we, we get kind of a medium or a large and we split it. Uh, by the way, I like decaf toffee soy latte with soy milk. Don't judge me. That's how I roll. Uh, having four kids to chase around the house helps me stay fit. And especially with almost a two-year-old named Declan, who is a tornado any of these days. It is unbelievable what he can do in about five minutes to that house. But, uh, but I look the way I do today because I am intentional on a regular basis how I'm taking care of myself. And in Joshua 14, we read that Caleb was 85 years old, or should I say 85 years young, and it says that he was just as strong as when he was called by God. Now, I try to go to the Y about once a week. That's 52 times a year. Sounds a lot better. But I'm always inspired when I go to the Y and I see 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, and 80-year-olds working out at the Y. And they, many of them are working harder than I am. Some of them are doing just as much, if not more, weights than I am. But it's awesome to see because they're taking care of themselves uh, with, with what they eat, but also in exercise as well. Every day, we should take care of the body that God has given us. And as a pastor, I should be setting the example in total transformation to lead by example in being intentional about caring for my body, 
my mind and my soul. And I also want to set an example to my kids who are constantly watching me. How I treat my body will most likely be how they will treat their bodies. Uh, Parents, your eating habits are setting a trend and a lifestyle for your kids and how they will eat. Um, You know, if you're not uh, setting that example now and and, uh, wait till they go to college and wait till they're on their own and, you know, they get that freshman 15, freshman 20, and, uh, and it can be tough. It can be tough. I am constantly learning how to take better care of myself. And I know that the decisions I make now in my 30s will dictate how my health is going to be in my 50s and 60s. You know, I love wrestling with my kids. It's one of my love languages, wrestling with my kids. But I want to be able to wrestle with my grandkids. I want my grandbabies to have a hard time keeping up with Papa. All right, that's what I want. As a motivation, let me give you five ways, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but five ways that eating more carefully and physical exercise will help your total life, not just your physical life, but also your mental and spiritual life. And yes, they all intertwine. They all intertwine. Number one, increased energy. Regular physical activity can improve your endurance. Exercise delivers oxygen and nutrients to your tissues and helps your cardiovascular system work more efficiently. You know, the more, exercise, more you exercise and the more you take care of yourself, it's also probably the less you get, less you get sick as well. When your heart and lung health improve, you have more energy to complete your daily tasks. I mean, I see some people that are, you know, pushing a cart through the store, and, and I'm about, like, I'm, about, I'm just watching them, waiting for me to have to do CPR on them. Kingdom work is too important not to give every ounce of energy we have, and exercise provides us with additional energy so we can be more productive. Number two. Increased mental capacity. Need an emotional lift? Need to blow off some steam after a stressful day? This was me on Friday. I had a little bit of a stressful day on Friday. And so for afternoon, I just told my wife after I, after I spoke loudly to her that uh, I need to go to the gym. And I wasn't able to go to the gym that week. And uh, so I had to go to the gym. And uh, played a little, played a little basketball. They call me White Chocolate. Just want to let you guys know. Um, that's not true. <laughs> I wish it was though. That'd be cool. Uh, and uh, lifted a little bit of weights. I did a little um, elliptical machine. And I sat in the sauna for about 20 minutes. Oh, I love that. And I came back. And I was red as a tomato, but I was relaxed, and I needed that. Fellas, fellas, please listen. Your wife and your kids 
are sick of you taking your frustrations and anger out on them. And if they could, they would say, they would say amen right now. You guys need to have an outlet. You need, to, you need to get out of the house. You need to have some type of exercise, something you do, whether it's deer hunting, whatever it is. But you need to do something as a release. Amen? There's more wives in that one than guys. Um, a gym session or brisk 30-minute walk is a great help. Physical activity stimulates various brain chemicals that will leave you feeling more positive and relaxed. And this is a way that God made you. He made you to be positive and relaxed. God made you to be positive and relax. And you can't do that if he is not the center of your life. You cannot be positive and live a relaxed life if you want to be in control. You cannot be positive and be relaxed if you let every little situation dictate your moods. And I am preaching to the preacher. When you ex exercise regularly, you will eventually feel better about your appearance and about yourself. This can boost your confidence and improve your self-esteem. It's just a fact that we focus better and enjoy our life more when we are in better physical condition. When you are in better physical condition, you'll enjoy life more. Because if you're a believer and, and your physical health is good, your, your emotions are probably good, and your spiritual life is probably good as well. For example, if you want to work on a major task requiring extra brain power, spend some time exercising first. Number three, increased discipline. This is a big one. Discipline in one area of your life leads to more discipline in other areas of your life, including being disciplined about your spiritual growth. Guess what happens when I am taking care of my, 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 my physical health? I spend more time with God, and I'm more enjoyable to be around the house. And it all ties in. When you are disciplined in one area of your life, you're often disciplined in several areas as well, including your spiritual growth. Being disciplined about exercise and eating increases my determination to be disciplined in my preparation to preach and teach and in my work to become a better Christian leader. Again, when I am disciplined in my eating and with all my physical exercise, it's easier to be disciplined in all areas of my life. Number four, increased rest. I rest, I sleep better when I exercise. I rest, I sleep better when I'm eating a balanced diet. Exercise makes me more physically tired at the end of the day, so it's easier for me to relax. And when I rest well, it causes me to have a more balanced outlook on life and a better attitude. 
Exercise forces me to unplug. I feel more at peace. For instance, when I am exercising, I can't be checking my emails, using social media, etc. Now, I do see people occasionally try to do that while they're on the elliptical or the treadmill, and I'm just waiting there for them to biff and fall when they do that. Uh, my father-in-law was telling me that in the news the other day, they were saying that most people require a minimum of seven hours of sleep. Raise your hand if you get a minimum of seven hours of sleep a night. There's about seven eight people in here. On average, most people need seven to eight hours, especially with our fast-paced life these days. A study indicated that people who have gone three days with insufficient sleep, their reflexes, awareness, and performance are drastically affected. Get this. Three days with insufficient sleep is equivalent to someone having three alcoholic drinks. So there's probably been a lot of buzzed working going on this week. So this week, if you're just having a rough day at work, just tell your boss you're bust. Don't do that because you'll probably be fired. Jason Silva says, one of the things that happens when you're sleep deprived is that your ability to regulate emotions goes haywire. Let me repeat that. One of the things that happens when you're sleep deprived is that your ability to regulate emotion goes haywire. Your brain becomes disorganized and its capacity to process information and your sensitivity to information also gets scrambled. One of the best things you could do right now tonight is to go to bed and get some sleep. Don't tell your, your spouse, don't tell your kids how much you love them if you're going to continue to stay up late. Because they want you to get more sleep. Rest is from God. And observing the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. But you have to be very deliberate about obeying this command of God. This is an area I continue to struggle with, so pray for me. Pray for your pastor. My mindset is there is always something that needs to get done. That's how I function. There will always be something that needs to get done. And if you are anything like me, Sometimes we just have to take a step back and say, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that next week. I have to be very intentional. Listen, my wife, I don't think will ever be able to say that I am lazy. If anything, she wants to spend probably a little bit more quality time uh, with me. And so... Man, us type A people, we have, we have to take a step back. 
we have to because we are not honoring God by continuing to go and go and go. And you know what some of us need to do? We need to say no to good things. We need to say, because when there's a need, a lot of us feel like we're the ones that have to meet it. So, just encourage you with that. Number five, last one. Being in better shape makes you stronger, so other responsibilities become lighter. After I've pushed my body beyond the comfort zone during exercise, the other strenuous parts of my day are less impacted. Exercise gives me strength for the journey. I tire less, and I accomplish more. Being stronger makes me more prepared for the opportunities God brings my way. And when it all comes down to it, we are sinning if we are not treating our bodies with reverence. We are sinning if we are not treating our body with reverence. It drives me stinking crazy when people who are not taking care of their bodies one way or the other are judgmental towards other people with the sins that they're struggling with. You know, it's always easy to point out the sins that you're not dealing with, isn't it? Conclusion. When it comes to eternity, I'm well aware that there are much more important issues than physical health and physical fitness. I understand that. Paul said it like this in 1 Timothy 4.8. For the training of the body has a limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way. Godliness is beneficial in every way. But problems begin when we don't address this issue at all. Or when we live as though exercise gives us no advantage, that there's no value to it. Somebody's saying, well, you know, Pastor, this, is, this, has, been, this has been a good series. It's, it's been informative. But it's December. We should be doing a Christmas message. Well, my response to that is Christ came to give us life and life to the fullest. If we don't understand our role as his ambassadors, if we do not have joyful attitudes, if we don't live by biblical core values, if we don't take care of our health physically, emotionally, spiritually, and if we are not living a generous life every single day, then what does it matter? What does it matter? Let me close with this challenge, and you can test my claim. 
Spend some time giving attention to your physical fitness. Try it for at least 30 days. Then you decide if it is worth your attention. 30 days. 30 days. Just make some changes. Make some small changes. I am confident you will find it well worth the time and effort you put into it. Many people try and do too much too quickly. So don't do that. Don't be that guy or don't be that girl. Say, I'm, I'm going to make this change and this change and this change. And, and then you make no change. Just make a few small changes. Because we're talking about total transformation. Your body, your soul, and your spirit. The staff and leaders here at the bridge want to model that. We want to be an encouragement to you and help you live a healthy lifestyle every day so you can have many more decades to reach this world that desperately needs Jesus. Amen.